Welcome back to the CBJ show. It may look a little different for episode six, and that's right. Jason's back from camp. The gang's together, and we got a heavy uh, recap on both the NBA and NHL. So I don't want to take too much of your time because uh, Jason and Kim have a uh, pretty lengthy um, recap. So we're going to send it off to Jason for the NBA recap. Okay, so if you didn't know, basketball returned in the past few weeks, and there have been a lot of games with some seed changes in both conferences. So let's get into it. So it's been in Orlando. Each team played eight games. In the East, all eight teams who were in playoff position ended up making the playoffs as the Wizards didn't really do anything. The Brooklyn Nets have no Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, as well as Spencer Dimity and DeAndre Jordan, their top four players. It was surprising to see them win a lot of games. For the Philadelphia 76ers, their all-star point guard Ben Simmons recently got injured and will be out for the first round of the playoffs and for further notice. The team in the East that has stood out the most in these last few games was the Indiana Pacers. Victor Oladipo, who originally opted out of the NBA restart, decided last minute that he wanted to play. Although their all-star this year, DeMondis Sabonis, is now injured, TJ Warren has stepped up big time. He averaged 31 points per game during the Orlando bubble and even had a 53-point game. He's out for the final two games of the regular season, but he's, he will be playing in the playoffs. That's pretty much it for the East, as there hasn't been much change with all other five teams. In the West, we all know that there were six teams fighting for the AC, which were the Grizzlies, Kings, Trailblazers, Pelicans, Suns, and Spurs. The first teams to get eliminated were the Pelicans and Kings, as they both really struggled, struggled during the bubble. The next team to go down was the Spurs, who were nothing special since the NBA restart. They were without LaMarcus Aldridge, so that was part of why they didn't perform as well as they have before. But the biggest surprise of the restart was the Phoenix Suns, who went 8-0 and and still missed the playoffs, which is really hard to believe. Devin Booker played amazing, and head coach Monty Williams won coach of the bubble Lord for going undefeated. The two teams that it came down to were the Grizzlies and Trailblazers. The Trailblazers had the 8th seed, but with the new play-in tournament rule, they had to go into a tournament. All the Trailblazers needed to do was win one of two games since they were the 8th seed. The 9th seed of Grizzlies, however, needed to win both games in the tournament. The Trailblazers ended up winning in Game 1 as they were led by the bubble MVP, Damian Lillard. I still think that John Morant and the Grizzlies do deserve a lot of respect for how close they made it to the playoffs this year. Other than that, there were a few scenes changes between the Rockets, Jazz, and Thunder. That's pretty much all I have for the summary of the end of the regular season. And the playoffs have actually started within the last few days, and each team has played one game. So just a quick recap of this. The Bucks one seed, they lost to the eight-seeded Magic yesterday in a big upset, but I don't think they should be worried at all because, I mean, they're the Milwaukee Bucks. They have Giannis, so they shouldn't be worried. The Raptors blew out the Nets. No surprise there. Celtics came up on topic over the 76ers, and the Heat beat the Pacers. But Oladipo is out with an eye injury in game one. We don't know when he's coming back. But for the Celtics, a big uh, injury was Gordon Hayward with a grade three ankle sprain, and he is out for four weeks. Moving over to the Western Conference, Lakers lost the Trailblazers last night. The Clippers beat the Mavericks. Nuggets beat the Jazz in overtime. But one thing I did want to mention was that Donovan Mitchell had 57 points, nine rebounds, and seven assists, and still lost, which is pretty insane. And the Rockets ended up beating the Thunder. And that is it for our NBA summary. Now on to the NHL report with Cam. 
Thank you, Jason. The NHL is back, and the playoffs started just about three weeks ago, and there's been a lot of action as we are now in the middle of the first round since there is about four to six games a day for now. Starting off in the East with the round robin, the Flyers came out on top going 3-0 to claim the one seed in the East with center Scott Lawton and Kevin Hayes leading the team in points. That leaves the Tampa Bay Lightning being the two seed going 2-1, the Washington Capitals as the three seed going 1-3, and, and our Boston Bruins falling to the four seed going 0-3. In the best of five East qualifiers, the five seed Pittsburgh Penguins lost three games to one to the 12 seed Montreal Canadiens, moving them to round one being the lowest seed. The six Carolina Hurricanes swept the 11 New York Rangers to advance them to the next round to face the four Boston Bruins. The seven seed New York Islanders beat the 10 Florida Panthers three games to one with winger Anthony Bavillier leading the team in goals this postseason. Most exciting for Bruins fans, the 8-seed Toronto Maple Leafs lost again in the first round to the 9 Columbus Blue Jackets, three games to two, being the only Game 5 in the whole qualifying round. Moving on to the West Round Robin in qualifying round, the Vegas Golden Knights came out on top in Edmonton as the 1-seed going 3-0, leaving Colorado at the 2 going 2-1, Dallas to 3 at 1-2, and, and St. Louis Blues going 0-3 to push them down to the 4-seed. Recapping the whole round robin, both one seeds ended up moving to the four seed as the four in the east became the one, and the two became the three, the three became the two, and the one fell to the four, reversing the top four seeds in the east. In the west, the three became the one, the two stayed right there, the four became the three, and the one also fell to the four seed. Going to the west best of five qualifiers, the 12 Chicago beat the five Edmonton Oilers in four games with, you guessed it, Jonathan Taze and Patrick Kane leading the team in points, putting both 12 seeds in the next round. The 11 Arizona Coyotes beat the six Nashville Predators in four games, advancing them to the next round to face the Colorado Avalanche. The seven Canucks beat the 10 Minnesota Wild in, three, in four games to put them in the first round, along with the eight Calgary Flames beating the nine Winnipeg Jets in four games, with center Sean Monaghan leading the team in points. Before we get to the first round, we have the draft lottery, where the New York Rangers somehow managed to get the first overall pick after getting the second overall pick last year, putting them in front to receive star forward Alexias Lafrenet, who had 112 points in only 52 games for his team, Ramusi. Now, moving on to the best of seven first round after the reseed in the East, the one Flyers are taking on the eight Canadians, where the Flyers goaltender Carter Hart led them to take a commanding 3-1 game lead with Game 5 tonight at 8 p.m. The two Tampa Bay Lightning lead the seven Columbus Blue Jackets three games to one, even without captain Steven Stegmos, with Game 5 being today, Wednesday the 19th at 12 p.m. And an interesting note about this series is that Game 1 went into 5 overtimes, extending the game to be the 4th longest in Stanley Cup history, being over 6 hours starting at 3pm going past 9pm, causing the Bruins game that was supposed to start at 8 to play in the morning the next day. Moving on, the 3 Washington Capitals trailed the 6 New York Islanders 3 games to 1 after winning Game 4 last night from a 2-goal performance from Alexander Ovechkin and without the presence of Nicholas Backstrom, leaving them to win 3 more straight games with the next exciting game being Thursday with the time still to be determined. 
Now, our four Boston Bruins lead the five Carolina Hurricanes three games to one after some very shocking news that goaltender Tuka Rask is leaving the bubble to be with his family, leaving goaltender Yaroslav Halak being the starting tender from game three of this series and onward. And quote, a goal explosion, four goal third period, and game four to win without leading scorer David Pasternak, again, leaving the Bruins a chance to win the series tonight at 4 p.m. in game five. In the West, the one Golden Knights beat the 12 Blackhawks in five games, with winger Mark Stone leading the team in points, advancing them to the next round. The two-seed Colorado Avalanche lead the 11 Coyotes three games to one after an absurd seven-goal game four to hopefully win the series in game five tonight at 5.30 to move on to round two. The three-seed Dallas is up three games to two over the eight-seed Calgary after a 2-1 to win in game five to possibly win the series Thursday. Heading to the last series to recap, the four seed Blues are tied two games apiece with the seven Vancouver Canucks after going 0-3 in the round robin and 0-2 in the first two games of this series to force a game five today at 10.30 and a game six Friday. That concludes our NHL recap where both Hub City teams are eliminated. And now on to Brandon for some MLB news. Yeah, I know. My news is not as uh, long as everyone else's as Cam and Jason had a quite lengthy recap. Um, but MLB, I mean, the most important news has been uh, COVID testing. St. Louis Cardinals were the second team in the MLB to test positive. And we now have a third team. Over the weekend, we had our third team, the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, luckily, their outbreak wasn't as big as either the Marlins or the Cardinals um, in Luckily, they will be back at it today with a doubleheader with the Royals. Um, with the Red Sox being so bad in uh, the AL East this year, uh, there's been rumors and stories that are the Rays the new AL East uh, rivals for the Yankees? Uh, I'm not sure about that, but we'll have more information later. But the Red Sox have been the worst uh, they ever had, and if they lose tonight, this will be a 10-game losing streak in the worst uh, in their um, career. Wanting to give a quick recap, we had a first game, the first game against Baltimore, scoring 13 runs, uh, looking like the Red Sox didn't miss Mookie Betts. But unfortunately, as the games have come on, we've lost some starting pitchers. Um, Evaldi is our ace, and uh, Martin Perez, number two, with Zach Good Godley, number three. Um, the bullpen has uh, let up a lot of runs, and uh, we've seen in the past couple games we've let up a lot of runs. Uh, Tampa Bay, we let up 17-8 uh, on Thursday, last Thursday. Last night, the Red Sox uh, fell to the Phillies, 13-6, to and uh, if the Red Sox are getting uh, go anywhere uh, moving forward, they need to score runs. And uh, defense has been uh, uh, pretty bad. Um, their record right now is 6-18 and 18 with head coach Ron Ranke, first year in charge. Their playoff odds are about uh, 6% with uh, winning the World Series at 0.1. So with that, uh, that will end our quick recap on uh, MLB and uh, NFL news. Uh, we have heard no preseason games this year. Unfortunately, season will not start until September 10th at 8 p.m. with Texans at Chiefs. Chiefs will uh, unveil their banner, first banner, 
and uh, over 50 years. So uh, that'll be on NBC. We'll have more previews coming up before that first game. And uh, just a reminder, Pat's first game will be Sunday, September 13th, 1 p.m. versus Miami. And uh, TV is on CBS. Uh, Gillette Stadium announced that uh, there'll be no fans for the month of August and September. Uh, that um, uh, will involve the two Pats home games in September and the three Rebs games that I'll get to shortly. MLS is back tournament. Last time we had our podcast, we were still in the playoffs. Uh, now it's over. Portland Timbers are our MLS's back winner with runner-up Orlando City SC. Uh, that game ended 1-0. Uh, MLS resumed uh, because Nashville and uh, Dallas was uh, withdrawn from the MLS's back tournament. They played two games before the season resumed for the other 24 clubs. First game went to Nashville, 1-0, and uh, game two was tied 0-0. Last night, we had our first uh, game of the resume with uh, two Canadian signs, Toronto and Vancouver. Toronto came out. 3-0 in that. Looking at the Revs' upcoming schedule, uh, they actually play this Thursday. Uh, that's tomorrow at 7.30 at Gillette Stadium, fortunately with no fans. They'll take on rivals Philadelphia Union in a rematch of their playoff game, MLS's back playoff game a few weeks ago. Uh, on Tuesday, we uh, New England will face D.C. in the capital city. Uh, come home on August 29th against the Red Bulls. That game is on FS1. All other games on NBC Sports Boston. Uh, they'll have a quick turnaround on September 2nd for the N other New York team, NYCFC. Uh, they're going to go on the road uh, to uh, face Chicago Fire, a rematch of their 1-1 draw at Gillette on March 7th, and ending the six-game Phase 1 schedule of the game in Philadelphia. So home and away against Philadelphia, uh, home against both New York teams in a way at Chicago and DC. Uh, latest news, we've had that um, the Revs traded uh, Wilf, uh, midfield Wilfred Zahibo to uh, Houston in exchange for Tommy McNamara and also the deadline, the trade deadline, the Revs signed Kakuta Mane from FC Cincinnati. No uh, player was needed in that trade. Uh, and the refs looking in the standings, uh, outside the standings right now, one win, one loss, three ties, and uh, hoping to get some more wins. That is your NFL, MLB, and MLS recap. Now, time for some quick little discussions. Our discussion for this week would be, how does having no fans affect games and players this tournament? We'll start off with Jason on how having these no fans could affect these NBA players in the bubble. Yeah, it's definitely big with no fans. Uh, a lot of players kind of feel their games off of having fans in the arena. Like, the fans kind of conduct the games. There's teams that have, like, really loud arenas. We see Staples Center, TD Garden, uh, all those places. A lot of those teams, they need the fans to help like support them and hype them up all game long. And without the fans, these teams are going to have to kind of fuel off of something else. But they seem to have been doing a pretty good job. A lot of these games have been very high scoring that we've seen in the regular season have been in the playoffs. So it doesn't seem like it's made a big impact because they have 
had some arena sounds as well, but it definitely does um, it does make a difference. You talk about it in the NHL. These players feeding off the energy in the stadium, and like in the NHL, you talk about players like Brian Marchand. He feeds off the crowd. He gets all his energy from crowd noise and crowds booting on and cheering for the team. Even fans going against him and hate him. That pushes them. It pushes the players. Like you're down one goal late in the game. Like those fans really help you push you to get that goal and to be able to win those games that are late in the series. It's it affects affects you a lot. We talk about that five overtime Columbus Lightning game. I bet with fans there that wouldn't that game wouldn't have gotten that long because the fans would be cheering for your team and pushing you to help you get that goal to end the game earlier in that overtime. So fans definitely definitely impact on how these players perform if you have anything to add, Brendan. Yeah, I would just kinda agree what you both said. Uh, fans have definitely changed the game. I mean, playoffs with NBA and NHL it's different. Um Philadelphia is a good example. The Celtics uh, 76ers series. Uh, Philadelphia lost two games all year this season at home. Uh, with or without Ben Simmons, they're definitely a tougher team on the road in uh, Philadelphia. So having that bubble uh, neutral site is definitely uh, maybe uh, changes how many games Celtics win. Yeah, I definitely agree with you, Brandon. Like home court, home ice advantage, like, that does really make a difference. Like getting the one, two, three, and four seed in NBA or NHL, it it does make a difference because you have those first two games at your home arena where you feel comfortable, where everyone's cheering you on, no booing, and it's gonna be a little different now with the teams having those first two games not really at home. All games are road games at this point. I feel like another uh, discussion was with the Columbus Blue Jackets uh, Lightning five-game overtime. Um, I was wondering your thoughts about should the NHL uh, shorten overtime, like the NBA only has five-minute overtime? Should Is 20 minutes too long for an overtime, or do you think they should uh, keep it? Well, it's, in the regular season, you have it as the five minutes, three-on-three, three, then shootout after. But in the playoffs – I think 20 minutes is it, – it's been like that forever. 20 minutes is the standard amount for playoff overtime hockey. Playing periods, I think 20 minutes should be should be the right amount before before you go into – it's if you think about it, it's essentially like the same thing as the NBA, just in, instead of the time is being different. It's whoever, it's whoever scores first. So you could – in the NBA, they keep doing overtime, so – it's essentially, would you rather have five 20-minute overtime periods or like 105-minute periods? It's whoever scores first. So I think keeping that 20 minutes like a normal period is definitely the way to keep it for the NHL in the playoffs. Yeah, definitely agree with you, Cam, on that. It's different in the regular season where we have the five-minute 3v3 uh, overtimes and if no one scores, shoot up. But in the playoffs at that point, it's just sudden death. Next goal wins, doesn't matter the amount of time. And if there's like multiple really short periods and there's gonna be so many stoppages and the game's not really gonna flow as well as it should. So yeah, I think they should keep it how it is. And you talk about in the regular season that five minute three V three and you could argue that's that's some of the best play, places to watch some entertaining hockey. Three V three, they have 
all this ice, all this open space. Players just going up and down the ice, doing all these moves and trying to score first. 3v3 is definitely very entertaining, but in the playoffs, I think you got to keep it with that 5v5, 20, 20-minute 20 period overtimes. All right. So some good discussions on uh, NHL overtime and uh, fans. I want to know your uh, NBA playoff predictions. Let's start with you, Cam. My NBA playoff predictions, um, you know, the Trailblazers have been hot, but I still got to go with the Lakers winning that series and making their way to the finals. And the East could be a little differently. I previously had the Bucks, but they lost game one to the Magic. So we could see the Celtics there. So I might got to change my answer to either the Bucks or Celtics in the East uh, competing against the Lakers in the finals there. Yeah, for me, I think um, it's going to be one of the L.A. teams in the West. They both have definitely had okay game one, something special. I feel like if Kristaps Porzingis didn't get ejected, the Mavericks might have won that game in game one. And the Lakers did not look good against the Trailblazers, even though LeBron looked really, really good in that game. But I think it's still going to be a Lakers-Clippers-Western Conference Finals. And it could go either way. I think... Clippers might be better in the playoffs and they have a deeper team. So I take Clippers and in the East, I would have to go with the Bucks. I think game one was just because everyone was resting at the end of the regular season. So I think they're going to get, get it all together and probably win in the next four or five games in that series. I'm going to have to go uh, with Celtics or Bucks in the East and I think battle for LA for the West, um, like both Cam and Jason said, it's going to um, be a little bit uh, harder in the East. Uh, Miami Pacers, I think that's a great um, series. Um, and I think the Trailblazers being the eighth seed, and people are gonna, um, don't underestimate the Trailblazers. They are not a normal eighth seed. They are probably, I'd consider them a seven or six seed. So that's probably going to go seven games with the Lakers. So. Don't count the Trailblazers out, but I think the Lakers will pull it out in seven. As for um, my NHL predictions, now, I'll start off in the West. I previously had the Colorado Avalanche, but the Vegas Golden Knights have they've, they've been looking pretty good in these past few games there. Um, I definitely have Vegas and Colorado possibly in the, in the Western Conference Finals, but I think I'm going to have to stick with the Colorado Avalanche now. Nathan McKinnon's back. He's healthy. He's ready to go. The Avalanche, they've been putting up a lot of goals. As I said, the seven-goal game four was – that's a lot of goals for a playoff game. And in the East, I have the Tampa Bay Lightning. But the Philadelphia Flyers have been pretty hot. But maybe they're too hot. Maybe they might burn out. Now, Carter Hart Hart has been leading them. Great goaltending. But I think I'm still going to have to stick with the Tampa Bay Lightning, even without their captain, Stankos. The Lightning have been putting up a lot of goals, great goaltending. I got to stick with my Colorado Avalanche, Tampa Bay Lightning, Stanley Cup final. I think the, one of the biggest storylines from the NHL is the New York Islanders going on a 3-0 lead against the Capitals. Uh, any thoughts on that, Cam? Yeah, like we see one of the star players out there in the Islanders, Matt Barzell, you know, he had a very, very nice goal in their, their last game, not last night, but game three. Matt Barzell, if you let him get too hot, no, he's gonna he's gonna really put 
put some challenges up there. The Capitals, you know, they were down 3-0, got to win four straight. I don't see the Capitals coming back, but I could see the Islanders. I don't see the Islanders go, going to the Stanley Cup, but I could definitely see them going to round, round three, the East Conference Finals. Def, I definitely think they're going to go to round two. But, yeah, Matt Barzell, Anthony Bavillier, you know, they got some pretty stacked offense there. We talk about players getting hot for the Bruins. We had Jake DeBrusque getting two goals in game four after the, after they he started their comeback. He scored the first and the fourth goal in the third period. If you let Jake DeBrusque get too hot, we've seen him in the playoffs before. Don't unleash Selly season because you'll regret that. Selly season all the way. Let's go, Jake. Yeah, my prediction, um, I have to go Vegas versus Boston. The Golden Knights have looked really, really good since the NHL restart. They've already won their series over Chicago. Uh, and for the Bruins, they've just played so hard. Even though Pasternak's been out and Tuca has left the bubble, I still see them pulling it out, even though it's going to be tough against a really good uh, rough team in the Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree. Not much of a hockey guy, but I think Lightning uh, or Boston in the East. And I think Vegas uh, is going to su surprise some people in the West. So probably would have to go with that. But um, we've been talking a lot about the NBA and other teams. But uh, Boston, uh, it's uh, tonight is big night. Uh, Bruins versus Hurricanes uh, at 4 p.m. Not going to want to miss that. If they win, they will advance. Celtics playoff game, number two against Philly. Uh, if you get a 2-0 lead, that's a very good comforting lead. And uh, Red Sox versus Phillies tonight, and the Red Sox versus Orioles series will start tomorrow, uh, Thursday through Saturday at 7 p.m., Sunday at 1 p.m. Uh, don't forget to follow us on Instagram, cbj.sports, where you can get some uh, inside story, and uh, any storylines. Um, and some sneak previews of what's come. That's going to do it for us. I'm Brandon, he's Cam, and he's Jason, and we're signing off. Thanks for watching.